So this this shiur, um, whatever I was working on it, I've been trying to read through an essay by Rav, Rav Desla, which uh, we might do uh, over the course of this uh, course, I guess. Um, but um, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what to do it like this year. I still had to prepare, but today, and so I'm busy doing dafyomi. Uh, you know Dafyomi learns a page a day um, it's relentless <laughs> but, but it, it's amazing um, and you know um, the interesting thing about Dafyomi is you know that, that analogy of when you put uh, how do you fit things into your time how do you fit things into your day so there's a, a, a piece in Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People where I don't know if it was him or he writes about it where this professor came into a lecture hall and asked they, they took this, uh, this um, a jar and they put uh, b- big stones in the jar and uh, he said to the class do you know is, uh, is the jar full and they said yeah the jar is full of big stones you can't fit any more stones in so he, then he took small stones and he poured them in and they fitted in more stones. So he said, is it, uh, is it full? He said, they said, yeah, it's full. So then they put in like gravel and poured in the gravel and the gravel filled it even more. So they said, is it full? He said, no, now they're going to, you know, now you're tricking me. So I don't, they don't, we don't think it's uh, full. Um, so then he says, yeah, pours like sand in it and gets it even fuller and then finally it's still not full because can put in water what was the moral that the professor was trying to teach that when you prioritize when you put in the big things first then you'll somehow be able to manage the smaller things around that you know like they say give busy people things to do if you want something done give it to a busy person because somehow they'll get it done um, so anyway, Davyomi, back to today's story, to explain how this came about, the topic, the, the topic of this year, um, the, the Davyomi, you kind of have to put it as a big block. You know, obviously I only started learning, I learned with Rabbi Kaplan, we have a chivrita, generally between 10 and 11 or 11 and 12 in the day, we try, on weekdays. Um, but it's hard, you know, to put that in because you've got so much to do. But if you do it and you get it done, then maybe you'll be able to do it somehow to the rest. So Rav Kaplan, I had a meeting, then Rav Kaplan and I had a long conversation about other stuff, like important community stuff, but which we used to be bad at, but now we're much better at focusing. And then now I'm in trouble because I've utilized a lot of the time to learn, to discuss stuff, and I here to go and I've gotten through like a quarter of the duck. And I know it's going to be a busy, busy day. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do the daf and then I'll work on the shir afterwards. And the daf that you see in front of you is today's daf of Gomorrah. It was, at first it was a very nice, beautiful, easy daf, so it went quickly. But it taught, like the stuff I wanted to share with you came on today's daf. So how could I not give a shir on the daf that Hashem sent me today. If it was tomorrow's daf, I wouldn't have seen it. So yeah, so that's why the shir is based on this, on today's daf. And it's also very much connected to Purim. 
and how that came about, why I wanted to talk about it, was I was with Amber on a Shabbaton um, uh, over Shabbos and I was doing this like round robin and my one topic, my topic was what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago about his staglut, ability to adapt and how that affects your happiness and your sadness and I thought that would be a nice thing to, to discuss going into Adar for these girls that I was in the Shabbaton with and as I'm about to start this like the, sh- the last of like seven rounds of the round robin one girl says to me I said you should go into Adar with and increase in happiness so I asked them what that means and none of them basically knew basically like what does it mean so I explained it to them and then one girl said to me she said why why, did, why is Adar a happy month and it actually took me because it wasn't what I wanted to discuss but it is such a good question why is it that Adar is a happy month what is it about Adar that makes it prone to happiness and taking that into account taking that into account it's our topic of the Shirim, right? Is Simcha so that's a great point to discuss is what is so happy about Purim and, and, and Adar that means that it's so happy and that so beautifully connects to the topic of today's daf. so why am I telling you all this to hopefully show you that Hashem hopefully has a message for us today because it's all coming together. Okay, please God. So, we've got about half an hour. Okay, so, I want to go through, the topic I want to discuss is a, a classic topic, um, and that is Gamzulatova. The idea of this too is for the best. And hopefully, to discuss why that is. You know, like getting to a little bit deeper as to why and to help us say, this too is for the best, and with that in mind, to help us live that in our lives. And thereby, obviously, finding happiness. Because if we're constantly seeing the good in our lives, and even the bad we see as good, then hopefully we'll, that's really the recipe for happiness. Okay, it's like the silver lining. And hopefully, and what we've been discussing quite a bit over the last few weeks, is we brought from these two cases where, do you remember that guy who was a soldier in the... American army and he was caught in a in a Humvee in this like personal soldier carrier in Iraq and he got and it, it went over a landmine and he he was this person that you know his what people knew him was of of was his cuteness his looks his charm and suddenly his most of his skin of his body had had burned off and he lost his look he lost his charm he went into depression, he lost his career as a soldier, and he basically got a, thought that his life was over. And he was a young guy, I think he was 18 or so. And in the end, not the end, but a few years later, now he says he's written a book about it, he's, he's beca- he became an actor, he's got married and had a child. And in the interview that I was listening to, he said to, he, she said to him, would, would you change anything? And my answer would be, obviously you've got to change it. I wouldn't want it to happen. I wouldn't want to go through the pain and the suffering and the near-death experience. Right? Surely you would say, like, God forbid. So he said, no, actually, it was a blessing. He took this terrible tragedy and basically turned it into a blessing. And that is what Gamzula Tova is all about. It's about how 
to not only turn things into blessings, but to see the things that happen somehow as a blessing. And that's what we're going to discuss today. Okay. And that's also the depth of the Simcha of Purim. So, um, uh, <laughs> so um, look at the first source. Uh, bless Hashem for the bad as you do for the good. And I wrote there today's Dafyomi, 7th Adar, 5780, March the 3rd, 2020. Also, Zain Adar. What is Zain Adar? Moshe Ah, Moshe Rabbeinu's day that he died, but also the day that he was born. At 120, he died on the same day. Now, what we're going to get into is why is uh, Adar, why was Adar, how was Adar chosen as the day of the genocide of the Jewish people? Of Shush, in the times of Shushan, Achashverosh Haman. How was that day chosen? It was a lot, wasn't right? Like didn't have any like savior, yeah. and in almost every single month he found that like oh the Jews have been saved, oh the Jews have been saved, mm. oh the Jews have been saved, and then um, during Adar he saw that oh Moshe died, and he thought oh their savior died, so obviously exactly. it's the time that they brilliant, that they brilliant, and and that's why when he the lottery came on on the month of Adar, which is the day of the death of Moshe. He was so happy. He thought it was a day of Puranut, a day of suffering. But what he didn't realize is that it was the day of the birth of Moshe as well. You know, he didn't realize that, that the Savior, the, you know, the Jewish person who led the Jews out of Egypt and gave us the Torah was born on the same month. So he focused on the bad and not on the good, so to speak. Um, and that really is, the, that in essence is what Purim's about and the happiness about it. See how the bad turns into the good, um, which we're going to discuss. Um, you know, that I've got my WhatsApp profile, it's, I saw a Mexican proverb that says, they, they buried us, but they didn't realize we were seeds. You know, that's the story of the Jewish people. The one side of it, you know, they think that unfortunately they're going to destroy us, but what they don't realize is that through the destruction we come back to life. It makes us stronger. And I say this so many times. I once saw a, uh, a column at Yeshiva Gadola that they put up there on the notice board, uh, written by this uh, black uh, journalist, or uh, you know, he wrote a column in the Star, and he said to the African people, to South Africans, he said we must stop blaming everybody else and take responsibility for our lot and start changing this country. Um, why? Look at the Jews. They've been persecuted and exiled and moved around into every country in the world, from every country to every country, and they don't blame everyone else. They take responsibility. They, you know, pull up their socks and they make the most of the situation, and they become stronger. That's what he said in the star. Um, and that's what, that's what we are. And that's why Adar is such a, a, a happy month and what we're so close to, because what happened in Purim was what was meant to be our downfall became an uplifting day that became really a re-accepting of the Torah, which was, you know, the, some of the greatest days we've ever had in our history. Okay. And that's the natural. But let's look at this. The Gemara in Brachot says that you have to, you must bless Hashem for the good, as the, for the bad as you do for the good. And that's today's daf. 
So it says like this: Chayev Adam. First thing we're going to read in the Hebrew: Chayev Adam Levarech. A person's obligated to bless on the bad as he is on the good. What's the bracha we say on the bad? Dayan Haemet. So the Gemara says: Chayev my Chayev Levarech alara. What is this law that you're obligated to bless on the bad? Kishem Shemavarech alatova. That you meant to do on the good. What does it mean? If we say, Just as, in the same way we bless on the good, we bless on the bad. You say on the good, on good news you say, Is that what it means? It means that just the same way you bless on the good, So too you bless on the bad, Vatanan, that's not true. It says in the Mishnah, On good news you say, On bad news, You say, Blessed is the true judge. Can't be that you say the same bracha. Do you understand the Gemara? Gemara thinks that it means you say the same bracha, but we know you don't say the same bracha because you say a different bracha. So it doesn't mean that you say on the bad, Hashem's good. You say he's the true judge. I don't see how it's good. I'm not enjoying it. I'm not happy about it. But he's the true judge, and whatever it is, it's true and just what's happening. But yeah. Exactly, beautiful, and that's why when Mashiach comes and we have clarity where the good, the bad is even good, what bracha are we going to say on the bad? But we're not there yet, we're not on that level, and that's something to accept. We are not on that level, things are hard. Can't, the worst thing you can say to God forbid a person in mourning is you'll be it's for the best don't worry Hashem has a plan you, you can basically slap the person for saying that because right now at the time when you're mourning you're not ready to hear that later on you might land up working it out how somehow it's for the best and even if you can't work out somehow for this you accept it's for the best but not because it's good because it's the truth that's the real, and that's the way Hashem knows what's going on. Okay, so what does it mean? No, it is needed to bless Hashem in the same way you bless Hashem for the bad, for the, for the good you bless Him for the bad. You must accept it with joy. That's what it means. You say the brocha, Dayan Emet, but just as you say a brocha, this tea with so much happiness, so too, very difficult, but you bless Hashem Basimcha for giving you the bad. It's hard. Again, we're not saying it's Hatova Meitiv, but we say it Bekavona, we say it Basimcha. There's a story told about the Nazir of uh, Yerushalayim, who was a student of Rav Kook. Um, and he was apparently, I read, impeccably punctual. And on the Tsarain, for his, you know, Tragically, I think he lost his daughter. He was in Yerushalayim. I think he was already living there. Lost his daughter and he was late for the funeral. And it was unusual because, like, um, you know, he wasn't ever late. And he said, apparently, he took some time, though, because 
he wanted to makam this Gemara that he was willing to accept and say the Brocha Dayan Emet with as much Kavona as he would say Atov HaMaitiv. And he wasn't ready yet, so he had to work on it a bit more. Now these are Tzadikim, right? But nevertheless, it's a Gemara. Okay, which means we're capable of accessing some type of level like this. Okay, so that's what the Gemara says. Amar Rav Acha Mishum Rabbi Levi. Rav Acha, in the name of Rabbi Levi, says, um, My Kra, what Pasuk is it? What's the source that you must bless Hashem for the bad as you do for the good? The Gemara is not willing to just say, you, this, you know, willy-nilly, that's what you do. Needs a source for it. So I skipped the, 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 in the same block. My krawat the pasuk chesed umishpat ashur lacha Hashem azameira. For kindness and justice, I will sing to Hashem. I will sing to you, Hashem, I will sing. What does the Gemara say? Im chesed ashira. If it's chesed that I'm getting from you, kindness, ashira, I will sing. The mishpat, if it's justice I'm getting from you, ashira, I will still sing. You see in the pasuk, both mishpat, Justice and Chesed are sing to Hashem. And then I left out a bit. It brings up another four, three sources to tell you um, the source for it in the Torah. Different Psukim, which if you learn it in depth, you can find different, you know, what, the, what each Pasuk means in the, in the challenge of blessing Hashem for the bad as, he, as you do for the good. Okay, now, listen to the story. Same Daf. It says like this. Ravuna in the name of Rav in the name of Rabbi Meir. And this was also taught in the name of Rabbi Akiva. A person should be accustomed to say, Call the Avid Rachmana, what Hashem does. Rachmana is a name for Hashem. Why? What? Merciful. Rachmana is also called the Torah. The, whatever the merciful one does, letav avid, is for the good. You should accustom yourself to saying that. Because that is the truth, and you also need to keep on telling yourself that, right? As I'm sure all of us can give from different levels, you know? From some easier levels, some very, very hard levels. Whatever Hashem says, whatever Hashem does is for the good. Um, I actually had a chivruta, I was learning with somebody today just before the shir. And he, you know, like, it was a chatan, like a guy getting married, preparing him for the wedding. And, uh, and he, like, randomly told me, you know, I, I mean, I just met it. I, like, I just started learning with him. And he just told me, like, some, you know, sometimes in the first chivruta, you just kind of, like, get to know each other. And he's told me, like, randomly, like, how uh, his father had a difficult time in his life. And it's now like, you know, he realized it was for the best. And I thought, yeah, sure, I'm actually giving a share on that in a short while. So if you can give me a bit more. But, um, but listen to this. What, this is what Rabbi Akiva said to tell people. Always accustom yourself to say this. Ki Rabbi Akiva. Because this is what happened to Rabbi Akiva. Dehave ka'azuba He was going on his way. Matalahu mata. He arrived at a certain town. Ba ushpiza lal lo he asked for Ushpiza, you know Ushpizin, the seven guests we entered into, we invite to Asuka. Uh, Ushpiza, he asked for hospitality. He went looking around if there's an inn, if there's availability where he could sleep for the night. Nobody could give him anything. 
So what do you do if you can't find a place? Amar called Avid Rahman and Latav. Whatever Hashem does is for the good. Now, where did he go? He had nowhere to sleep. Azal Bubat Badabra. He went to sleep in the field. Vahave Bahade Tarnagoila Vahamara Ushraga. And he had with him a, a rooster, a, um, a donkey, and a flame, a torch. That's what he had with him. Atta Zika, a wind came, Kavya Shraga. It blew out his torch. Now that's a bit of an issue, right? Because he's in a field. There's a bit of a fire there protecting him, and it's gone. Okay? At a shunra, a cat came and ate his chicken. Now, that's, uh, it's not nice to lose a chicken, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, maybe he's going to shake the chicken, I don't know, but a cat came. Can you imagine? He's sleeping there in a field without fire, without his rooster. At aria, and a lion came. And ate his donkey. I'd be like terrified at this point and thinking, not, I'm, I'm next, right? There's a, thank God, the, maybe, maybe thank God, the, the, I, had a, I had a donkey, otherwise the lion would have taken me. What did he say? I'm a court David Rahman al Whatever Hashem does is for the good. That's what he kept on saying to himself. Um, we complain about a windy, a windy night at camp, you know? I, I would, I do complain about that. Um, but he was lying there, I don't know how old, not a young man, without his, ch- hen, without his chicken, without his donkey, without a flame, sitting there in the field. That night, a troop of soldiers came, Lamata, and took captive of the town. What, ha- what did he realize? If he would have slept there, his life would have been in danger. If he would have had the fire, they might have gone to him. If he had a donkey that was making a noise, or a chicken, or a rooster that was making a noise, they might have taken, they might have seen him and attacked him. But they didn't. And what did he say? Amalu, love Amri Lachu, did I not tell you? Whatever Hashem does is for the good. That's a story, famous story on today's daf with Rebbe Akiva. Now, Rabbi Akiva, where did he get this from? Rabbi Akiva obviously was a tzaddik, a giant, one of the greatest people that have ever lived. But he had a teacher called Nachum Ishgamzu. And why was he called Ishgamzu? Because he always said Gamzu Latov. Now he was a great, great rabbi. And yet, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz points out, his, ta- his title wasn't Rabbi, it was Gamzu. Okay, that's what Rav Chaim Shmulevitz explains. That he, he said it so often and that's how he became. Now let's read a little bit of the story about Nachumish Gamzu as to how he got his name. This, um, the, the before this Gomorrah, before this part is actually a very tragic Gomorrah, but yet shows you. You think Nachumish Gamzu is this like incredible lucky guy. He was, he had, he had, he was a, he was a, lame, he didn't have like parts of his body, he was sickly, he was poor and yet he always said Gamzu Latova. So it's like important, you know, like, you know a lot of people say Gamzu Latova but they're living in mansions and they are successful in every single aspect of their lives. Of course Gamzu Latova. But he was he had very difficult parts of his life and he still said Gamzu Latova. So let's read 
why he start, why is it that he said why he was called Gamzu Latova? Vamai Karulai Nachum Ish Gamzu. Why did they call him Nachum Ish Gamzu? Nachum, the man of Gamzu. The call Milta the Havis Saukalai Amar Gamzu Latova. Whatever would happen to him, he would say Gamzu Latova. This too is for the good. Zimna Chada Lishdura Yisrael Doron Lebei Kaisar. He was entrusted. They needed to send a gift to the Roman Caesar, to the Roman leadership, to make sure that you know they have peace with the Jews. Amruman Yezel, who should go? Yezel Nachumish Gamzu, the Melumad Benisin. He should go, Nachumish Gamzu, because he has miracles happening to him constantly. He'll, it will work out for him. It's like a muzzle. Send him with the send it with the guy who has good luck. Um, Shadru Bayada Mila Sifta the Avonim they sent with him a a, a, car, a, a crate, a chest full of Avanim Tovarumagaliots, precious jewels. Azal Bat Bahu Dira he went to stay along the way in an inn. Belayla Kamu Hanacht Yurai Vashaklinu Latifnai Umalunu Afra. These the innkeepers, the people in the inn, what did they do? They stole, the residents in the inn took all of the jewels of the, of the chest and filled it with earth so that he would pick it up and say it's still, you know, it hasn't been stolen and he'd keep on his journey. When he reached the, the, the Roman Caesar, they wanted to kill him. Why? He's giving a, div, a gift to the Caesar. And what happened? What does the gift land up being? Sand. We have a tribute to you from the Jewish people. Sand. It's like, are, we, are you crazy? That's not, that's a, not a gift, that's an insult. So, Amar Kam Chaychu Bayudai, these Jews are, um, these Jews are, um, are mocking us. Amar Gamzulatoiva, what did he say? Nachum said, Somehow this is for the best. What happened? Ata Eliyahu Adam Adami Minayu. Eliyahu Anavi appeared as one of the Romans. Eliyahu Anavi. Maybe the sand is the sand from Avraham, our forefather. And this was special sand. Dehi have shadi Afra. Maybe it's special sand, and the sand is when you throw it, it turns into swords. It's like, and then you, you throw the, the stubble of the, of the sand, and it becomes like arrows. It's m- miraculous, magical sand. Okay, maybe it's like this. What happened? There was uh, uh, part of the Romans there was a group of people that were unwilling to they couldn't defeat them couldn't conquer them what happened? they used the sand and they conquered them with the sand because the sand taka was special sand and it, and it worked against them they took, they took the sand as the gift. They filled up his chest with um, 
with gold, jewels and, uh, and precious stones and they sent Kamzul, and they sent Nachumish Kamzu back. Worked out, right? Baruch Hashem. Miraculously, right? They sent it to the right people. What happened? What happened? Remember, they knew that they, were, he, they sent him off with sand. They thought he's not coming back. He's going to get killed. And yet, they sent him back with splendor and riches. It's amazing. What I took from here, I gave them. And it worked. Meaning? the sand whatever you gave me worked because I gave it to them and it was a it, it worked so what did they do um, uh, so they they pulled down the house this inn they dug up the sand and they sent it to the Romans they said ha, um, this, the sand that he sent you was from us badku veloshkuku they checked the sand if it worked, and it didn't work. And they killed, the, the Romans killed these, the, in, the residents of the inn. So, completely changed, right? These innkeepers wanted to get Nachum in trouble. The exact opposite happened. And they, the ones, got into trouble, and the Jews were blessed, and Nachum Ishkamzu, it all worked out for him. And that's the story of Nachumish Gamzu. Now, what I saw, I saw this when I was looking for the source. I saw a question. What is the difference? Now, Rabbi Akiva was a student of Nachumish Gamzu. So, what question can you ask on Rabbi Akiva? What did Rabbi Akiva, what is Rabbi Akiva famous for saying? Call the Avid Rahmana Latav Avid. Whatever Hashem does is for the good. What did Nachumish Gamzu say? Gamzu Latova. Two differences. One is, they're different words. And the other one is, as in? Aramaic. The one is Aramaic, the other one is Hebrew. Why? Why did Rebbe Akiva not say the same thing as Rebbe said? And why did he change the language? Rebbe Akiva, sorry, I don't mean to be naive. Could he speak Aramaic? Who? Rebbe Akiva. Yeah, that was the language they spoke at the time. Maybe because he, like learned Hebrew at a later stage, he associated his Judaism with Hebrew, not with Aramaic, so he, like it's the difference between me saying everything is for the good and Gamzulatola. Meaning his vernacular was English, was Aramaic, Yeah. because so he came to Hebrew so much later. Yeah. Meaning a simple answer is just, that's the language he spoke and he was comfortable with. And also if you look at what he spoke, it says, he tells people, be ragil, be accustomed to say this line. Now, if, it were, if I was telling you to say a line, I would tell you to say it in English, so that you can say it to yourself often. If I told you to say it in Hebrew, it might be hard to say, to remember the Hebrew, right? Do you hear that? I think that's a very, great, a very good suggestion. Because if you look at the language, Rabbi Akiva says, be ragil in saying this. Nachumish Gamzu doesn't say that. Nachumish Gamzu, he's the one that says it. Rabbi Akiva says it and he tells other people to say it. So maybe he tells them in a language that's, uh, that's normal by him and normal by others. Great suggestion. So I saw 
one so one explanation is Nachumish Gamzu was on a different level. Remember, the closer you are to Moshe Rabbeinu, the greater you are spiritually. So Nachum, what is the sto- What happened in the story? What are two? What is the difference? What, where's the difference in the story? What happened to Nachumish Gamzu and what happened to Rabbi Akiva? Yeah. The miracles that happened during Nachum Ishkamzu were much more open miracles than the miracles of the miracle. The, the miracle. So, what, the, so the miracle was, sand became... Sword. Sand, be, sand became this priceless thing. And instead of the jewels. And when the same sand was used for someone else, it didn't work. Meaning, the miracles. Remember what the, how they described Nachum Ishkamzu? Him, open miracles happened for. He was on a different level. And different level people speak in different... They speak in, in, in Hebrew. That was one suggestion. The way that a, 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 on his level, he was explaining something. What happened to him was on a different level. His, the Gamzu Lotova was the bad became good. You see that? Mamish became good. And therefore, on his level, that's what happened to him. And on his level, he can speak Hebrew. Plus, he, he could describe the words, Gamzu Latova. This will be for the good. It's not like whatever happens will work out. This is good, even if it's bad. It's actually not bad. It's good. What happened with Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva didn't get blessed from this experience his life was saved from the experience do you see the difference he never suddenly became wealthy or acclaimed or miracle miric- a miracle you could argue no a miracle didn't happen natural things happened to him but and he, so the message of Rabbi Akiva is we're not on the level of Nachumish Gamzu we things happen to us we don't necessarily see how they're good but just know they're good. Just know that it will work out as like not bad. It is for the best, even though it's going to be difficult and painful. Somehow, in the end of the day, you'll see that it'll be fine. Rabbi Nachumish Gamzu, his emuna was higher than that. His emuna was, this bad thing is actually good. And how do you see it from the story? The bad becomes good, literally. Physically, it becomes good. Do you hear that? Um, and that's also from their different levels. Maybe that's a suggestion why the one was in Hebrew and the language was Gamzulatova. This is for the good. You could argue this is good. Whereas Rabbi Akiva in Aramaic, not on the highest level, as Nachumish Gamzul says, whatever he does, it's for the best. Like, don't worry. In the end, it will be for the good. And that's a lower level, but believe me, obviously, it's the high, you know, something that is very you know ridiculously difficult and and high level emuna but i just thought that was an amazing question and illustration of this now what does this have to do with purim because now purim is even on a higher level purim as we said earlier purim the bad became good the terrible fear and trepidation the jewish people were living with it completely swapped Mordechai, who was the one that was in the firing line of Haman originally, he took Haman's place. The place where Haman lived was given to, was given to Mordechai. 
the Jewish people from being looked at a lo- as a lowly people, they became great. Things completely swapped. From the process, Achashverosh stopped the process of the rebuilding of the base of Migdash. Do you know that? And then through Esther and Esther and Achashverosh's son, Daryavesh, it was restarted. Things turned around. And that's the Simcha of Purim. To be able to somehow have their Munna to recognize that the bad, that it's, it's for the good, and even higher level, the bad is actually the good. How that man who was burnt almost to death can actually say how the bad was a blessing. Do you hear that? That, there's, that is an extremely high level. And to be doing that while it's happening is the highest level. Meaning, we often can do that after things have passed. And looking at what we learnt and what happened to us and the, the path of life that it took us on. After the fact we can say, Baruch Hashem. But what the Gemara is requesting of us is to say, when it happens, Baruch Hashem. Very high level. Nobody's discounting that. But it's still true. Do you hear that? And that's the Simcha of Purim. And if you look at the last source, it says, Misha Nechnas Av, one who goes into Av, Mematim Besimcha, you should lower in happiness. Amar Rav Yudor Barei de Rav Shmuel Bar Shilat, Mishmei de Rav. Kashem Shemenichnas Adar, Shemenichnas Av, Mematim Besimcha. Just as when you go into Av, you lessen in happiness. Kach Meshenichnas Adar, Marbim Besimcha. You increase in happiness. And that's what it says. Why? In Esther, look what happens. In the Psukim in Esther. Kayamim Ashenachu Baem Ayudim Meoivayim. Like those days when the Jews rested from their enemies. Vachodesh and the month. It's not just the days, it's the month. And the month Ashenefach Lahem Miyagon Lesimcha. The month where it changed from sorrow to happiness. Umeavil from mourning Leyomtov. To joy. La soto You must make those days, days of partying and joy. Umishlach manot and gifts of portions. Ishlerayu, each one to their friend. Umatanot levyonim and gifts to the poor. So what's the chap? What is it about Purim and really the month of Adar that makes it so happy? It's that trans, that tra- transformation where the bad became good, where the sense of mourning was shown to be actually a time of rejoicing. When, and on Zion Adar, which is today we're having this year, Zion Adar, this month that, that uh, Haman thought, oh, it's going to be such a bad month for the Jews, and the lottery fell on it, boom! It's got, it, it changed to the happiest month, where we re-accepted the Torah. If you are in the Madi Shur last week, we, we talked about the real Simcha, according to of Purim, is the re-acceptance of the Torah. Can you imagine that? That is like being at Har Sinai, accepting the Torah, and then hundreds of years later, re-accepting the Torah. That's real simcha. Do you hear that? I've got a, a question at the end, which but we'll have to wait. And th- n- there's a difference, right? Yet, we say tachanun. Yet, there's mourning. Purim doesn't cancel out availot. Comes Nisan, we don't say Tachun in the whole month. Comes the Yontif, we don't cancel out. Availut uh, is cancelled out by Yom, Yamim Tovim. If Purim is so happy, then why doesn't it cancel out Availut? So that's the point. It's telling us that you need that, those 
sad things to be able to see the good in those and to see that it is for the good. Meaning, when the Yom Tov comes, it overrides, the Simcha of Yom Tov overrides the negativity and the mourning. Purim is saying, no, the mourning is the Simcha. The, more, the thing you're mourning for is actually part of the process. Somebody messaged me last night saying, how long was the Purim story? Do you know how long it was? It was about 10 years, I think. I looked at a, at my, at a book, I, I, I think it was about 10 years. It was a long process. If you, year by year, you might have thought, we, we're done for. There's so many movements and changes it takes a long time to realize how this is for the good. Okay, but that's maybe the Simcha of Purim. To, to mourn, to say Tachanun, but to realize that the pain somehow is actually for the good. And maybe that's why it doesn't break a veil. Okay, have a great... Uh, we're not going to have a shir next week because it's Purim. I know, it's a bit ironic to not have the Simcha on Purim, but, uh, but hopefully we'll all be Besimcha. Okay.